Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, everybody. It's the Blizzard Watch Podcast. We're really glad you're all with us, and for some reason, I'm very excited all of a sudden. I'm Matt. I'm the host. It's really good to have you guys with us. With me this week are two just magnificent co-hosts. I'm going to introduce him first because this is his first official day week as the third chair here on Blizzard Watch. Um, uh, Mitch, Mitch Mitchell. How you doing, Mitch? Hi. Now, I'm sorry. I had to do it because Alex no. said tweeted that thing. Yeah. His name is Michael, in case you were wondering. We don't use it very often, but that is his first name. Yeah, so if you see Michael Mitchell on the Blizzard Watch like header image, that's me. That's that's, that's Mitch. I mean, I actually like the name Michael better, but you know, hey, of course, people choose their own names. They do what they want. If everyone yeah. calls me Rossi for some reason, no one ever called me Rossi in my life until I started working here. Now everybody does. It's I'm going to really call strange. you Matthew, but I'm going to emphasize the last syllable, Matthew. Okay, that makes me sound Just, French. I don't care. I'm going to do it. I, I, I do have French ancestry, but I don't really care one way or the other. Uh, also with us this week, the senior managing editor and overall does everything for the site and has been working pretty constantly the past week because I don't know if you guys noticed, we we had a thing happen on the website over the past week. Uh, Anne Stickney, Anne, I, I know you're kind of frazzled at the moment. You, Things! You said, stuff! <laughs> <laughs> Brain! Function! No, it is functional. You weirded me out. You started out, you were like, oh, hey, how's it going? And I'm like, wow, that was, that was not you. That. That, was, that was bright and sunny. <laughs> that was that bright was and sunny. A, who is this and what have you done with Matthew? <laughs> I don't know. I have banished the three musketeers prison in Othal Castle. I call Mitch <laughs> Mitch because we've always called him Mitch. And I call you Rossi because... Everyone calls me Rossi because we have too many mats. Yeah, we had too many mats at that point in time. I think we had like three or four of them. And <laughs> me. Matt Lowe, uh, one of our Matt Walsh, who wrote for us at the time. Yeah. And so we had at least three on staff at one point. There was more than that, and I can't remember who they are. And I apologize to whoever you are if you didn't hear yourself on that list and you're going, oh, no, it's just it's been a very long time. Um, but I also, we had a lot of Michaels, too. Oh, yeah. At, at that point. 
Yes. Oh, Matt McCurley. Yeah, we had McCurley. And I called him McCurley. I didn't call him Matt. No. <laughs> Nobody used the first names. But uh, I don't know. It always felt very newsroom to me. I liked it. You don't mind that we call you Rossi, do you? <laughs> not that I mind it. It's just it's weird. It's like because I was I was running a group, a group last night with a friend. We were doing some transmog runs. His first name is also Matt. So at one point I was like I was typing, "Hey Matt, if you want these pants, you know, just let me know and I'll hand them over." Then I realized I was typing the name Matt to someone else, not to me. Like it was it was it was just this, this weird moment of, "Oh right," because I grew up. My dad's name is also Matthew, as was his father's. So I was always there was always like when someone would say Matt or Matthew in a room, I'd always be like, "Which one of us?" And then after that, I didn't have any friends named Matt for a long time. So it's just strange to see the name used for other people it just it always it always takes me a second to, to realize oh that's not me so rossi is fine it's just it's just odd and this has been way more about that than you needed to hear let's talk about news but uh this week actually a lot happened this week um there's been a reasonable amount of stuff going on yeah. the first thing i should probably talk about is that you can finally finish the uh, breaching the tomb quests in uh Patch 7.2's, you know, Tomb of Sargeras pre-quest campaign. The uh, last quest is basically just go kill some demons, kill 100 demons. When you get that done, you can get your class mount today. You can go get it right now. There's a scenario. It's different for every class, obviously, and I've only done it on one. And uh, so can't speak to what it is for anyone else. But if you've been waiting to get your class mount, today is the day. So uh, I know you don't have yours, and Mitch, do you have yours? No, no. So um, I wrote, I wrote my, a whole breakfast topic on this. My question um, regarding these hundred demons that we have to kill. If we kill these hundred demons, do we then go back to Cadgar and he says, oh, ha, 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 I only needed you to kill one. Or no? No. <laughs> okay. Amazingly, Cadgar's not even involved. It's Maiev who gives you the quest. Ooh, okay. Don't tell me anymore because I like Maiev. And I'll, she, I'll discover and... that later today. Yeah. <laughs> Maiev who gives you the quest. So no Cadgar involved. Uh, but one thing that does happen is that it, it then triggers the, the next quest. You you have to do it on the broken shore. You can't, like... Which, With the demons? You know, it's, yeah, you can't yeah. do it anywhere else. It has to be on the broken shore. Uh, but that's fine. There's plenty of demons on the broken shore. And pretty much that's what you will be finding, so... Lots of people are suggesting the spider area, or I think there's an area that maybe sometimes has a bunch of imps, but anywhere you can also... Is, just go anywhere yeah. the Sentinax is. Uh, it took us... Me and my wife both did it. It took us so little time that we didn't even realize we were done. Like, we were both still killing stuff, and I really looked over and saw that the quest was ready to be turned, and I was like, oh, we're done. She was like, oh, God, let's get out of here. Cause yeah, it was... it, um, if you can't, you know, if you're having trouble or want it to go quicker, just use Group Finder. I know a lot of people have suggested that for the Sentinax portion, which is the portion I'm still on, by the way. Um, but yeah, Group Finder is going to have tons of groups doing that. It'll go by no time. Yeah, it's it's really not very hard. Uh, but yeah, that's that's this week. Um, also this week, we found out that there's not going to be any new kind of currency, like you know the equivalent of the extra roll currency. I can't remember the name of the things, and I should. Seals of Broken Fate. You're just going to use Seals of Broken Fate into Masargaris. There's not going to be a new kind. Like remember at the end of Warlords, where they introduced a new one for the last tier, or in Mister Pandaria, they did that too. I was going to say I'm yeah. so happy about this because I go back and I farm Missa Pandaria raids, right? I farm them all for different sets that I'm missing or just pieces that I'm missing for my transmog collection because I'm stupid obsessive about this stuff and probably shouldn't be. I don't know if it's healthy, but it's really fun. Anyway, 
I have to keep track of which raid I'm going to and which extra bonus roll thing is for which raid. Because some of them are for world bosses, some of them aren't. Some of them are for, you know, the particular dude out on the island plus this guy and, you know, this one place. And also Siege of Orgrimmar has its own thing. It, it's just confusing. And you can't, you have to go different places to get the different tokens. So it's just yeah, a cluster. The- it's It's just, it's like, it's... It's a pain in the butt. <laughs> I'm glad the, they aren't the doing one, that with Legion. <laughs> the one minor complaint I have about this is it mean the the cap is only six, which is lower than it's been in every previous expansion. It was, used to be ten, and you now have the same currency across all things. Which before, when a new tier came out and the old coins were obsolete, they went up to twenty. So now you have six coins across all of the different difficulties, which is fine if you're pushing the content on your main. But it, in a way, it sort of means slower gearing for your alts than if they had bumped up the cap or if they had introduced a new currency and then bumped can, up the old cap. Yeah, that's true. You you can always... I, I, before I even continue, I have to say the one thing that... Everything I was just talking about, this one word that sums up how I feel about this whole thing. Ordos. Yeah, it's kind of overly he, complicated. <laughs> and he won't give me my shoulders. You still haven't gotten those? I've been farming him <laughs> on three plate wearers this entire expansion. Oh, you've got oh. to be kidding me. No, I still don't have my shoulders. Oh. But to, to get back to, to this, though, I, I, I think they should bump the, the, the amount up to nine. It's yeah. really weird that it's still six. I, uh, yeah, I get confused happening... by the fact that there's only six. Because, I mean, you know, when I go back to the Mr. Pandaria stuff, that first tier of Mr. Mr. Pandaria tokens, I think I can get 20 of them yeah, at a yeah, time. You can get, I think you can get 20 of all of the. Yeah, you can get 20 of every single Mr. Pandaria, which it had three. And it Warforce, wasn't like Seal, that. Mogaroon. Yeah, it it wasn't like that during the entire expansion, but the thing is, is like, here's here's my problem with it, right? As we go on in Legion, there are more and more raids and more and more bosses to use those bonus rolls on. So mm-hmm. theoretically, that number should be bumped up. Like if they bumped it up to 10, I'd be okay. Just 10. I think it should yeah. they want to keep it if they want to keep it in in multiples of of 3, which I can understand because they want to do it that way, then make it 9. Yeah, or make it twelve. Nine or ten would be fine. But the, the, the other problem I have, although I, I I do like that they're not making it super complicated, one of the problems I do have is that they they also use the exact same currency for mythics, mythic dungeons. Yeah, that, that's and, true. And they shouldn't. Like at this point, they should have a different currency for mythic dungeons because if you're if you're a guy running up if you're running mythic dungeons right now, to for whatever reason, you're probably not running them to gear up. But if that's your main form of content. It, it kind of stinks that then you like okay you, you used them all in mythics to, you got some gear and now you can't use them in dungeons or in, in raids or anything that kind of bothers bothers me I don't like that but that's you know I do think that I, I like that they're keeping it the same currency between between all the raids I just think it should go I up. just I don't I don't like the idea Miss of Pandaria was the raid system was great, and I enjoyed all of the raids in there. I think we spent too long in Siege of Orgrimmar, but I think almost everyone on the planet, player-wise, <laughs> agrees with that one. Um, I could have used a couple more months. It was... No. <laughs> Mitch, no. <laughs> anyway, it it was just that you had to farm different currency for each, just depending on which one you were going to. And for people who go back and solo those things, it means that you have several different types of currency that you have to keep track of. And I'm glad that they decided not to go that route with Legion, but I do agree with you in terms of maybe they should have split, like, you know, the mythic stuff and the 
or whatever it was you were saying. Yeah, or just bump they, they the should have split, bump the cap, or split that. I mean, they should have split that currency because it's Mythic it's, Dungeons, right? Yeah, yeah, it's especially weird too because the cap has been ten in previous expansions. Ten bumped to twenty, and then it was six this expansion. Yeah. And you can still only get three per week. You can still only get six total. It's just I don't know. You can't squirrel away as many as you used to. And if you're doing both mythics and raids, I don't know. It just it feels weird to me and it's always felt weird to me that like the bonus roll thing for the dungeon was the same thing that you used for the like there I could see a split being a feasible thing and actually worth doing because they're two different types of things. But yeah. between tiers, nah, we don't need that. Also, okay, um, also this week, um, something we should be mentioned, because it's happening, if you're listening to us live, it's happening tomorrow, if you're listening to us on the website, it's happening possibly today, or in the past, depends on when you're listening to the show, but uh, there's going to be another Legion Q&A um, with Paul Cubitt, I think, this Wednesday. Yep. Paul Cubitt. Uh, and uh, he's, he's adorable, so that should be good. Oh, so, you said it. He's yeah, my favorite, sorry. because he has excellent taste in t-shirts, and he also knows... And understands the joys and the mysteries of Fjorn's goggles. So, yeah. Paul Cubitt, he's going to be answering so if, questions. If you've got any questions, you should get them to them soon. Because, you know, as of tomorrow, it'll be too late. So, yeah. that That's worth knowing about. Um, I also think we should probably mention that you can basically... Mouthiel was announced for Heroes of the Storm last week. Is he, is he alive? When's he going he's live? On the, is... He's on the PTR. He's in the PTR right now. Yeah. Uh, you will apparently be able to win rewards for Diablo did 3 even, by playing. When we did last week's show, was he announced or was it after no, last no, week's show? No, he got, he got announced after last week's show. Because they were doing the candle thing last week. I think they started the That's candle right. thing Tuesday and announced him either Wednesday or Thursday. That's right. So okay, I, so... I guess technically we should have announced that. <laughs> That's also news, by the way, Malthiel and Heroes of the Storm. Anyway... Oops. Yeah. Sorry. I thought we already said that. Can one. I say that I'm very happy that they added another Diablo character I'm finally? I'm so happy. I love Malthiel. I think it's great. interesting they went with Malthiel. Um, they haven't really done, other than Diablo himself, there haven't really been that many prime evils. I mean, they put in, um, As- what's his name? I want to say Asmodan. They have Asmodan, yeah. They have Asmodan, Ethereal, and Oriel, who I know are not evils, but... And Diablo, but yeah. Yeah. I just we got Ball and Mephisto could have gone in. I, I think it's interesting that they went with Malthio. but I mean he's a good choice because he is the end villain of the best Diablo three expansion. Hey Mitch, you're yes. familiar, like super familiar with Heroes of the Storm, right? Yeah, more so than me because you've seen me play. <laughs> I am not good. So can you give us the rundown on what Malthio is and what he does? Like what makes him. Yeah, so he's he's an hey, assassin friend. hero, and I've, I've had a chance to actually play him on the PTR um, a little bit, not in quick match or co-op AI because neither of those seems to be. Reasonable so he's another right now. assassin hero. Yes, he's okay. an assassin hero, um, but his kind of whole shtick is uh, he does a lot of percentage-based attacks, um, which is going to be great against tanks because it means he can just tear through them. Um, he his trait is that every time he attacks something, uh, he applies Reaper's Mark to them, which does damage over four seconds. It's two point five percent of their health every second for four seconds, and he also has uh, his Q ability is like a soul drain basically, where everyone who has Reaper's Mark gets their souls drained, which does damage and heals Malthiel. Um So Reaper's Mark is a big part of his toolkit. He has uh, his E ability is the frontal wave that. Um, applies Reaper's Mark to everything around him, or not everything around everything it hits, 
and then his W teleports him to a target that has Reaper's Mark and does damage to them. So okay. he's 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 squishier than I thought when I played him. He attacks a lot slower than most assassins. His attack speed is 0.91 attacks per second. Um, but he's he reminds me sort of in a way of like an affliction lock maybe because he putting Reaper's Mark on a ton of things dots them up and then he can heal himself with that if he's close enough. Um, he's still a little squishy. He doesn't have as much self-sustain as I thought. Like, even if you have a full pack of minions marked and there's a hero nearby, like, it doesn't heal him as much as I thought. But he's he's still a really... He's going to be a good hero, I think, in team battles, especially if you have a support supporting you. Um, because then you can kind of add on their heals to your self-healing. But he's he's really cool. He is... A slow, inevitable march toward death, basically, is kind of how he feels when he plays. He's not a bursty assassin by any means. Um, That's kind of the feel of the character, though, really. Yeah, exactly. And, like, his dot feel, his dot mechanic feels a little like Lunara's, but he's... I was just going to ask if it was like Lunara, because yeah. reminded me of it. Yeah, it's, it's a little like Lunara, but his play style revolves... I'd, I'd say the same or more around his trait because Lunara also has a few things that she has to have poison to use, but he he's definitely not as fast of an attacker. Um, I don't know. He's he's a lot of fun though. I I do hope maybe he gets a little more health, or honestly, it could just be me not being used to him yet. But I don't know. He's fun. Rossi, he's if you wanted to add another Diablo hero, who would you add? Because oh, I know you mentioned wow. Ball and. You mentioned a couple yeah. of good possibilities right off the bat, but who well, would you both, pick? Both Ball and Mephisto are on my top five. Uh, but if I really was going to add just absolutely anyone that I wanted, it would be Decker Kane. See, that's what I was hoping for. Was <laughs> like, gonna be Decker when Kane. I saw the candles, I was like, please make Decker Kane a character. If you don't yeah. make him a hero, at least give us the announcer pack. I want to obvious, hear. I want to obvious. hear. I want to hear Deckard Kane say that they're going ham on the core. I just want to hear it in his voice. That's all I want in the world right now. Hero, why? They're going ham on that core. Yes, okay. See, okay. They've split the lanes. If anybody from the heroes, (laughs) if anybody from the heroes team is listening right now or in the future, please. Please make this happen. Just make it happen. Hearing Deckard Kane say, I'm going to go ham on the core is now going to flay in my nightmares. I know, but it was great, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. So we should probably also mention the actual thing I'd written because, you know, yes. if, if you if you do play Malthiel in Heroes, you, you'll be no, able to it, earn... It doesn't you, have to be Malthiel. It's any Diablo hero. Oh, oh cool. any of them? Any Diablo hero. It's 15 games, though. Um, yeah, you get... Rewards. What do you get, Rossi? I had this written down, and now I have lost it. Uh, we sidetracked me so effectively. I just do you even know while I'm trying to yeah, find you, it. You, okay, you get um, like cosmetic wings in Diablo Three. I can't remember what exactly they are, and you get a Malthiol, not a Malthiol, um, some sort of mount in Heroes of the Storm. It's not Malthiol's because his charger's already in the game. Um, it's it's some sort of mount, and I can't remember if there's any loot chests involved. I th- oh, there's an epic loot chest. That's right, as well, in Heroes of the Storm. Um, and there's a good roster of Diablo heroes in the game. So Okay, I hunted it down, and apparently you get Ghost Kerrigan wings for Diablo 3? Yeah. The robot ones? Ghost no, Kerrigan ghosty. wings. Yeah, so they're kind of robot-y. 
Yeah, we. I imagine they're the Kerrigan wings, but like mouthy old wings. Are they Kerrigan wings? Like, are they the are they the Zerg wings that she has? Only they're ghosty. I thought, yeah, I thought I by so. ghost Kerrigan you literally meant the ghost Kerrigan skin. Oh, maybe. Maybe actually. Yeah. Um, it's it's fifteen. There are many pictures with... here, so I can't tell. No, it's fifteen games with friends, by the way. Uh, but because there are so many Diablo heroes, you could easily form a party of five and have a very good, solid Diablo roster. Oh, okay. Yeah. And you also get Leoric's Phantom Charger and an epic blue chest. Leoric's, yeah. Leoric's Phantom yeah. Charger. Okay, uh, ethereal, I, ghostly, bluish Kerrigan wings, and they are saying robotics. So, all right. I, I also should mention, I forgot to write it down, but it's something that's coming out. They finally announced the various things you get when you pick up the Necromancer, the Rise of the Necromancer pack for Diablo 3. Ooh, fill they, us they in. Haven't, they haven't given you prices or anything yet, but you basically get a half-formed golem which is a lumpy, decaying flesh, bone <laughs> monster. Yeah. You get one of those that follows you around, I guess, like a little non-combat pet that is, you know, melted and, and disturbing because, you know, necromancy. And uh, you also get the various banners and uh, banner frames and necromancer portrait and all that stuff. The usual, you know, the usual things you would get. Uh, a necromancer uh, pennant and so forth. Uh, but the thing I find interesting is you also get the necromancer basically gets bone wings, like straight up huge bone wings like that come out of their backs. Skeletal. Yeah, uh, the picture that I saw is it. They are essentially gi- giant. They look like giant skeleton like wing. You know, you know, they look like Kerrigan wings, but made of bone. That's what they look like. They're coming straight out the back. It's like if if you had Illidan's wings, but you didn't have any of the patagia or any of the skin on them, just bone. That's what they like. See, cool. I mean, the wings are cool and everything, but I'm more excited about the non-combat pet. Even though they don't actually do anything in game, they just follow you around. That just sounds cool. Think, don't some of them pick up money for you? Yeah, they do. I, I soon recall that. Quite frankly, if I could have a non-combat pet around me that would loot for me and wow, just... I would never not use that. Oh, pet. That would be so cool. One that just yeah. vacuumed things for you. See, hey. hunters hunters can order their pets to fetch things, but it's yeah. not the same. I'm just... I'm talking, just just deal with it. Because one of the things that was happening today is when we were doing the demon thing is you, you're killing stuff under the Sentinax. You can kill so much stuff during the Sentinax that you can't loot it all, even with area f- looting. Like, because it just won't pick up all of it. You will actually have to click multiple things to get it to loot all of it because there's just so much stuff. I want a little non-combat pet running around looting all that stuff for me. That would be great. So, you know, make that happen, World of Warcraft team. But uh, I, that's all I can. That's what we have for stories today. I, I seen this oh, jet, right? um, one more thing that happened like right before we started streaming. The seven two five PTR is listed as release candidate. Oh, okay, which cool. Is, I mean, is not oh, too boy. surprising given season thirteen ends on June thirteenth and Sargeras raid is coming June twentieth. Yeah, because um, I'm pretty sure they want class tuning in before the raid. Yeah, or, it would be if they're gonna. I, yeah. I don't. I can't imagine them doing it like the week after we start the raid. Yeah, that would be kind of. And nuts. keep in mind that the raid, Tumas Argaris raid, it is not part of patch seven point two five point five. It's it's part of seven point two. It just hasn't been released yet. Um, that comes out June twentieth. Yes. 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 Okay. It opens there, up. On there June is 20th. a chance. There is a chance that the patch will hit on June twentieth, and then they'll use that week to kind of gauge what needs to be tuned, and then have you know the tuning in for Mythic. But I could still see the patch dropping on the thirteenth as well. So. Yeah. Yeah, but. It- Either rate, it is pro- it is soon. Tm is definitely the the, the feeling we are getting. Not, right not now. even tm. It's soon. Yeah. yeah, it'll be either this week coming or the week after. But at any rate, yeah, that's so that's pretty much the news. Did did we have anything else we were gonna do? 
Or can we move straight to emails? No, let's go straight to emails. All right. Uh, then if you have an email for the show, send it to podcast at blizzardwatch.com. That you, you know, send it with the subject line, either podcast or Blizzard Watch. And that's how we'll know it's for this show. That's really helpful. As is always the case, I'm going to make the usual, you know, try and keep them as short as you can. I mean, we, we understand sometimes you have a lot of stuff you want to ask or a big complicated thing. But it, the, the closer to tweet length you get them, the easier they are for us to answer. And the more of them we can try and get to in a show, which is something we like to do. So uh, at this point, Anne, if you don't mind. Okay. First email. Doesn't have a name on it, unfortunately, but that's okay. Says, greetings, watchers. I've been a listener for many years, and I'm all about the lore for Blizzard games, and I have one for Diablo. The coming of the Necromancer pack makes me crave the Druid class even more. If the theme of Diablo is of heaven and hell duking it out with humans caught in between, I love the idea of the Druids channeling the power of a third player, Mother Nature, Red and Tooth and Claw. I have not found a lot of info about the Druids of Sanctuary and would love to know more about your thoughts, opinions of them, and how if they are different from the druids of World of Warcraft. Thanks, and keep up the great work. Rossi, I'm just going to let you go. <laughs> okay, um, the druids... That was my thinking. The druids come from Skoskland, which is a different place. In the, we haven't actually seen it in Diablo 3. Uh, in Diablo 2, it was it was actually like talked about, but you didn't actually go there or anything. It's not actually part of the game, but it's... The, the druid order, back in the distant past, you had... Um, I can never pronounce this guy's name. Uh, Fiaklagir, I think. It, it, there's there's accents on it, so I'm just going to say Fiaklagir. He was essentially Bulkathos's brother. That we don't know if he was his actual, you know, born from the same parents' brother, or if they were just real tight. But he and Bulkathos like fought side by side. They were both what you'd call the ancestors of the barbarian peoples, and they were they were both Nephilim because this was back when there were tons of Nephilim all over the place. And when, when things when when the, the world stone changed things around so the Nephilim started dying out, they looked at the world and realized, you know, stuff's gonna go down. It's gonna get bad. Uh and Fiacle was like, We're gonna need to do it like this. This is how we need to handle it. We need to get in tune with nature and and be one with it. And and uh Cath was like, Yes, by crushing everything. was <laughs> like, No, uh by learning from it and understanding its ways by crushing everything. Cable, you're having trouble with the concept again? You're drifting by crushing everything? Okay, all right. <laughs> so they split up, but they were they were amicable about it. It wasn't like they didn't fight. Fiacalaguer was like, I'm going to go and establish an order that will protect the natural world. And, and Volkath was like, I'm going to take a bunch of crazy people and plant them around the world stone so nobody can get to it. And, and we'll just kill anything that tries to get to it. And Fiacalaguer was like, all right, you do that. I'm going to train these guys to be one with nature. So that's, I don't know exactly how far back that was in terms of time. It was before the, the Mag- Magi Wars. It was before the, the exile of the, of the three. It, it's way back in the past. It's, it's literally back when the world stone was first changed to make Nephilim stop existing. So it's way before the, the, the when the angels found, found sanctuary, even it's the distant past, but, that's where the druids come from. That's when they got started. In terms of World of Warcraft druids versus uh, Diablo druids, Diablo druids are very much, they, they're into nature, but it's very much the idea of nature, whether or not you end up compost. Like, I, they don't, it's it's different. And WoW druids are, are more mystical. I, I It's it's not that they won't don't have magic powers, but the Diablo druids are less mystical and very much about, oh, we have a problem? Well, I'll turn into a werewolf then. 
Okay, well, a werewolf isn't doing it. I'm going to be a bigger werewolf. Okay, now I'll just turn into a giant bear. Okay, now we've got it killed. Good. Let's that that worked. Good job, everybody. He's dead. Like if you look at it, the three they have basically three talent tiers, and the talent tiers basically kind of explain the way they kind of work. You've got summoning abilities, and that's the druids who call things like various animals and so forth to to come help them. Come and you know summon giant trees, summon you know hordes of beasts. You've got the shapeshifters who turn into werewolves, werebears, really big werewolves and werebears, <laughs> rabbit ones. Yeah. And then you've say. got the summoning ones who basically like call down firestorms, uh, huge rocks from the sky, howling gales, you know, t- cyclones, stuff like that. So you have here's nature trying to burn you or melt you or freeze you or whatever. Here's nature trying to maul you with various animals. I'm going to maul you myself. That's kind of how they break down. They're, they're not you could kind of make a case for them being somewhat like balanced druids, guardian druids and feral druids, but it's not really, these are much more aggressive. These are the kind of druids who like, you know, will cut your innards out to see, to to like, to look at them to see, Oh, there definitely are demons back in the world. Look at this guy's intestines. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So is the elemental tree, anything like elemental chamois or is it still not quite like that? It's very much more about causing that. It's like, all the stuff in the elemental shaman tree where like everything gets blown up like yeah. uh like earthquake or so- something like that it's more like that it's kind of a mix between like a balanced druid and an elemental shaman cuz it's got like cyclones and cyclone armor twister okay. volcano tornado stuff like that so in terms of how they differ they're more aggressive i would say they're very much like they feel like we already know what nature wants us to do nature wants us to keep it to keep demons and angels from from destroying it so we're going to do that. We don't need to stop and think about it anymore. The time to stop and think about it got handled. Fiacla Gear went back. He, he handled that. He set up, us up in Scots Glen. He gave us our job. And now it's our job to just go do it. And if that means killing a whole bunch of people, yeah, that's fine. So that would, okay. be, would be my answer to that question. So do you today think... I learned. <laughs> We've all learned today. So do you think that it would be... I mean, you're familiar with Diablo and I know you play it a lot. Do you think that the druid class would be something viable that they could add to Diablo 3 like they did with the Necromancer? Uh, yeah, but it, it would definitely... When you look at the map of Sanctuary post the destruction of Mount Ariat, yeah. Skosklen is not looking good. So remember how they like they did that, that pack where they did the ruins of, of, uh, of Mount Ariat and they let you basically run around and adventure in that area? I, I think you if you were going to bring the druids in, you'd almost have to do something with Skosklen. Just so you could see what happened, because these these guys were the flip side of the barbarians. The barbarians were the guys who were trying to protect the world by keeping everyone off Mount Ariat. The druids were the ones who were trying to protect the world by by harnessing its power. To and and, and they failed as much as the barbarians did. Yeah. What happened to their culture? What happened to their you know these this is like a like a, a brother slash sister culture. How did it like deal with like the loss of the barbarians? How did it deal with the loss of Ariat? And what that meant, you know, it's it's an interesting. They were an interesting group. Uh, Fiacla Gear is an interesting character, and there's really hasn't been enough done with them. Where, whereas in, I, yeah, they absolutely. I'm just wondering mechanics wise, would they fit in? Yeah, sure. You you basically just have to pick. If you look at the way they did barbarians or the way that they did um, the necromancer, yeah. you pick the most iconic abilities and you build around them. So you pick like a shape shifting ability thing and you build around that. You you pick a 
basically calls on natural forces to destroy their foes' abilities, and you build around that, and you pick the you know summoning ability, and you draw around that. So you could have druids who would basically be kind of like uh, I'm trying to think. We don't really have a, a true pet class. I mean, I guess necromancers are the closest you get, right? Uh, witch doctors maybe a little bit. Witch doctors. Witch, witch doctors have. I think they have like a ton of pet builds that can work. If you they do. It that way. Yeah. So you basically you look at those classes for the summoners, the summoner ones. But you, I think for for druids, it's less about having a permanent pet or even permanent pets, and more about calling stuff down to you to you know destroy foes, and then you know they can go. It's like okay, thank you, host of crows. Now now to go your way. And the uh, elemental ones are definitely these are guys who basically I'm trying to think, like druids of the flame and WoW would probably be the closest, except they they don't just stick with flame; they use everything. So it'd be like, you know, druids of the just natural disaster. Druids and, of the everything. Yeah, druids of the blowing you up with whatever comes to hand. Uh, but you could, I definitely don't see a problem with it. You could definitely make them work in Diablo 3. Diablo 3 is actually really flexible that way because it takes, like, when they've brought in classes from the past, like when they brought in the uh, the Barbarian and when they brought in the Necromancer, they've taken what you know what's most iconic and just run with it. So I, I don't think it would really be a problem. I think it would be pretty pretty doable. Cool. Okay. Well, thank you for the question, nameless person. We appreciate you very much. I'm going to skip forward a couple of here because this is a good one and I feel like we should answer it. Um, this is from Idina who says, Dear Watchers, proud patron Idina from Terracar EU. My question is, now that Anduin is king, do you think a romance slash wedding could ever be on the cards for him in the near or not so distant future? And if so, who do you think could be the next queen of Stormwind? Love, Idina. Well, so I think guys, I wait, hold up, you, hold up. I can hear you giggling already. Hold up. Who should Antwin kiss? Go. Uh, I, I don't know. Rathion's really young. Rathion? <laughs> yeah, I just, I, I mean, yeah. But I don't think really he has young. any interest in leading a kingdom, though. So I don't think politically speaking, that would be a very good idea. Um, love Plus, and you politics. Know, you know what happened the last time politics. we had a black dragon in the throne room? We probably don't want a repeat of that. And Mitch, you were saying, I'm sorry. Love and politics don't always get along, but that doesn't stop love. <laughs> so, just saying. I don't, you know, it's it's one of those things where Anduin, I mean... Are, how Anduin many, really... Realistically, how many characters are in the game near Anduin's age? Almost nobody is near. Anduin's pretty young. I mean, I think Bane's a few years, young, a few years older. Uh, that's, like, I honestly, like, Tess Greymane is the only one even remotely in his general age group... Because we don't know exactly how old Tess is, but she may be in that kind of age. And it would unite the whole Gilneas and Stormwind kingdoms. You know, there's a political thing going on there. Plus, then then she could, you know, eventually assassinate him and achieve total power herself. <laughs> yeah, okay. Look, well, Tess is an evil. Now, now we're going somewhere. See, Tess is not the assassinate him type, but you know who is about his age and who is the assassinate him type? Uh, Varisa Van Cleef. Ooh. Vanessa? Sorry, you Vanessa, want him sorry. you want him with you know what though I could it almost see works. I could see that I could yeah. uh, but I don't she's a, about the same age she I is, mean, you know she's about the same age but she's also legit a little bit like over the top for poor Anwin. Uh, more like a lot. A, a lot. Okay, a lot over the top for their poor first Anwin. Date is gonna consist, her, their first date is going to consist of her poisoning him with a mind altering. <laughs> <laughs> that's like, oh, you survived. Well, that's intriguing. What He's happened? going to get home and Gen's going to be like, you did what with who? Are you insane? 
here, take my well, daughter. Could, She's nice. You, yeah, you could even totally do a whole thing. Like, you know, like, will Senpai notice me where it's like, you know, Anduin, <laughs> Tess, and Ver- Ven- Vanessa. I keep saying Verisa. Oh, God. Uh, or, you know, if we wanted to do more diversity with it, we could, you know, create a new character. and Create a new character or, like, if... I don't know. Gosh, okay, I don't okay. know. If, if you did create a new character, what race would it be from and, and you can include horde in this like for political reasons or otherwise i always wanted it to be a dwarf yeah he seemed to really like that dwarf that was guarding him he for really a while, did so. like that dwarf and then she died and it was really sad that was in the novel the shattering if you guys haven't read it you should i cried a lot um spoilers yeah well it's been out for <laughs> how long has it been since cataclysm it's time more than half the game <laughs> however it, it's it's very good. Oh, somebody was saying Moira. No, I think Moira is like way too old for him. Oh yeah, um, Moira's Moira's not in his age group anymore. But yeah, a dwarf wouldn't be a terribly bad idea, although it might muddy that hole because they've already got the whole hullabaloo going on with the Council of Three Hammers being back. Let's go with Jared's Shadow Song. He's dreamy. Jared's oh, really, the, really, the... really old. Yeah, the tiny demon too. hunter. Who's the tiny demon hunter? <gasps> oh yeah, I know yes. who you're talking about. Kairaz. What Kaivas? Kaivas? I think Kaivas. Hold on. It's close. Oh. Would he really get with a demon hunter though? Probably not. Because I mean, let's face it. She's kind of tied to the whole demon within thing, and he's a priest. That might not oh. fly so well. We're immediately making it sound even better from the, the Starcroft lo- you know, lover. We and are. No. We are. She sacrificed everything. Yeah. What did he get? Sacrifice given? love to... Yeah. Corvas. That's that's her name. Corvas. Yes. Thank you. Thank so you to Windgem and the chat channel for pointing that out. But yeah. I want you to imagine, like, here's the book cover. Uh, Corvas with Anduin, like in her arms, she's holding him. You know, like he's de- he's down. She's above him, looking down at him. And it says, like you know, on the back of the book, she sacrificed everything. What will he give? <laughs> yeah, seriously, like, this, this okay. Like, so if this doesn't so actually become a thing, it needs to at least be a steamy romance novel. <laughs> like, will he turn a blind eye to love? Oh no. <laughs> Oh, because oh, her eyes. Gotcha. Yeah. Took me a second. <laughs> yeah. I, I just, I can't. Oh, man. I mean, for, from a political standpoint, I would think that he would stick to, like, bringing the human kingdoms together. And I would feel like that Gen would kind of step up and go, hi, I have a daughter and she's real nice. You guys should talk and just, like, lock them in a room together and then That's sit really, there. It's real embarrassing. Sit there outside the door. Just like. Yeah. Twiddling Dad, his you fingers. Know I can open locks, right? <laughs> he's like, I can already pipe down and kiss the boy. <laughs> it's like, Lorna, can you like distract Dad for five seconds? Yeah, sure, I'm on it. But there's that whole kind of like unity thing between Gilnea because Gilneas, I mean, they kind of got kicked out of Gilneas. Well, you know, if they reunited with Stormwind, like really reunited with Stormwind and created this much larger human kingdom, maybe it would be that much more possible for them to go back and retake Gilneas again, only take it as like a subsidiary of Stormwind. You know what I mean? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I know that Tess is, although we should point out, Tess is her like, own character with like lots of stuff going on. She's yeah, in she the is. Rogue Order Hall. She's she's out there doing stuff. She's, um, she's got her own thing going on. And I get the impression, you know, just through talking with her and stuff in uh, quests and things like that, that she's not, she's not like super interested in leading a kingdom or anything. 
She's oh, busy having she Tess adventures with Lorna. Uh, you know, Lorna's her buddy. They're like friends. Yeah, just like their parents. It's going to end just as weird and badly as with their parents. <sighs> You're not going to try to lock me up, are you? Maybe eventually. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> sure. <laughs> I like to think that maybe, like, I don't know. I like her and Lorna together. I think that they work great together, and I think that they make a cool team. So I don't know. Yeah. I don't know about Anduin. Maybe Anduin I... will just be by himself. I still want emo Anduin, and I want him to go shadow. Whether that has to involve heartbreak or not, I don't care. I just want emo Anduin. Of you can date you Natalie do. Celine for a while. There you no. Okay. Okay, she... but how ancient is she? And didn't she come back from the <laughs> no. dead or something? She's sort of. I think she might actually be undead. I'm not 100 percent sure on this. She has a human uh, model, but yeah, that doesn't really tell you a lot. She I was... mean, she's not forsaken, but that doesn't mean she's not undead. She was means... killed. She was corpsified. I don't think we need she, to stick Anduin with that. <laughs> she was killed in her sleep, no less. I, I mean, you know, it's there's there's Arator the Redeemer. He's cool. He's a little older, Ooh. but he's an half elf anyway. No, but he's like you know the whole descendant of of uh, Rallion. Yeah, and Anduin may or may not be a descendant of Lothar. Lothar. So it works. Yeah, put them and, together. And plus, Make them kiss. Let's be honest; they're real pretty. <laughs> They're both pretty. They'd be pretty. two extremely pretty people. They'd be so They're... pretty together. Anduin <laughs> yeah. with his continuous like braided outfits and Arator looking paladin-y. It, you know, okay, Goose they'd, to they'd... in the chat channel says, how about Yurel? Yeah, I don't I see I would her. like her to come back. Yeah. I don't like think I need back, to come back, but not as a romance option. Yeah, I don't think we need her to come back as a romance option. I just want her to come back and kick some butt. You know right, what? Cool. If she doesn't show up, when we head to Argus, if she doesn't show up there, I'm going to be really annoyed because that's the kind of trip that she should be on. When she was at this... the end of all of that, she's like, if you need us, just call. Okay, this yeah. is where we need them. We should call that's, them. That's what's been driving drives me crazy you know for over a year now is that she literally said if you need my help and then the legion comes to our world where she could clearly help and we don't ask for her no i've got this theory and i had this theory since the beginning ever since we did the uh lights hopes scenario do you remember the lights hope scenario yes yeah remember divinius yes have you looked at divinius yes her model and the model of samara are practically the same and i know that's because i know that's because they only have so many Draenei models. I understand that. Yorel had a unique model. Most models aren't. But in my head, Divinius is Samara. She took on a name when she became head of the of the Holy like, Defender people. I still want to know what Yorel's dark secret was all about. <laughs> but I'm telling you, in my head, in, my, in our world, Yorel died. Samara swore vengeance, became a, 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 a vindicator. And so I want there to be a reunion between Yorel and, and Divinius. I want them to meet up. And I want them both to be like, oh, you're alive. And of course, they'd be like, well, but you're the other one. You're not really alive. But whatever. <laughs> okay. Oh, well, but you're the other one. <laughs> Idina, I don't know if we actually answered your question, but we had lots of fun talking about who Anduin should be kissing or marrying or whatever. Uh, let's go on to the next question, though. Being this is... in a room with. <laughs> this is, hello, I'm Zytam. Long I and Tam rhymes. Oh, okay. Um, Zytam. Zytam. Okay, you said it right. I pronounced it right the first time. I, I just f- didn't realize there were parentheses there. It was Anyway, no marksman hunter on Airy Peak. I have two quick questions. Um, 
let's go ahead and answer them one at a time because that just seems to make the most sense. Uh, first question. One of the Hunter followers is Rexar. In Burning Crusade, it seemed that he was happy back with the Mokhnathal clan in Thunderlord Stronghold. Do we know what brought him back to Azeroth? And there's more questions here, but let's just answer that one first. I do. What's that? Cataclysm. He showed up in Orgrimmar. Yep. That one was? Yeah. He defended he's defending Orgrimmar against Cataclysm. He showed up, like, yeah, when the elemental invasion thing was happening in Orgrimmar. He was there. Yep. Mm-hmm. Did he, I mean, did someone call him there? Did he just kind of Presumably Thrall called him because they were like best friends. Yeah. I mean, Rexar literally is the champion of the Horde. Yeah. The fact that he wasn't That's around, true. it's actually weird that he wasn't around for like all that stuff that happened after. And yeah, but, he just kind of disappeared for a while. So but then he, he I don't think that out... it's weird, though. I don't think it's weird, though, Rossi, because I think what happened was all that stuff with Cataclysm went down, right? Mm-hmm. And then Garrosh was put in charge of the Horde and Thrall left. And Rexar said, wow, don't think I really care for that guy. And he took off. That's what I'm thinking yeah. happened. Now, has that been confirmed anywhere? No, but I could see that happening with Rexar because he was very much... I mean, if you played through the campaigns in Warcraft 3 and everything, he was very much about the whole concept of honor and all that other stuff. Garrosh wasn't exactly the best example of any of that. So, I so I can see them not getting I can see them not getting along just because they're both very strong-willed personalities. They are. Rexar would be like, "Yeah, okay, I'm going to just go wander the world and explore things cuz so that's what I was doing before." We have questions in chat. The Rexar that we saw in Warlords Draenor, was that our Rexar? That was, no, it right? Was not. No. It, was, it not? was not. That nope. was old school Rexar. That was the Rexar from that Draenor. That we was, know this because he had different old school packs. Rexar. I, I, I don't know why um, I just called him old school. He was alternate reality Rexar. Yeah, okay. he didn't have he didn't have Misha the bear. He had you know various other pets. I just thought that was because he decided to tame different pets while he was. No, there. there's no way our Rexar is ever leaving Misha behind. No, Misha is like his his. They're they're like this, and you can't see it, but I'm crossing my fingers because they are like that. Yeah. <laughs> He okay. would not the, ditch the one... Misha. The only reason, the only way he would ever get rid of Misha is if Misha died, and that's very sad. So, and I don't want to think about it. So basically, the timeline for our Rexar is hanging out in Desolus in Vanilla, uh-huh. goes to Thunderlord Stronghold and Burning Crusade, and then shows up before the Cataclysm to help defend stuff. Yeah, it was just prior to Cataclysm when the elemental invasions were going on, and then after that he disappeared, um, and we didn't see him again until now, really. Okay. Um, but you know that that's our Rexar because he has Misha again. Yeah, he has Misha. A second question on, along these same lines in the same Rexar section. Does the fact that he's in High Mountain mean that travel by others, others of the Night Elves was more common than we knew? And is there anything that points to a Broken Isles trading connection with the rest of Azeroth before now? Um, this all kind of plays into the whole Hunter storyline because the Hunters have this group, right, called the Unseen Path, and not very many people know about them. They're fairly exclusive. I have a feeling Rexar may have been one of those people that was kind of included in the ranks of people that knew about the Unseen Path and knew that there was something going on. Maybe he wasn't necessarily a member, but he was aware of it. I don't think that any communication or anything with the Broken Isles was really common. It was just, oh, that's where the Unseen Path happened to be at. But, Rossi, I'm sure you probably got more to add on that. Uh, well, I've noticed, I, I haven't played a Hunter all that far. My Hunter's only, like, level 103. But one of the things I've noticed is that the, um, there's certainly some signs that the Vrykul were traveling between them. Like, the yeah. Vrykul were, were coming down this whole time. Like this Because the ones in, in Stormheim straight up traveled south from if you look at the map uh howling fjord is 
right there. Howling Fjord and the Broken Isles are like the Broken Isles literally look like a piece of Howling Fjord. They're that close. They are right there. Um, and the, all the Vrykul, there's a whole thing about the Vrykul when they were retreating from uh, Ulduar. The, the, when you go to Stormheim, there's that place, Shields Rest, where the paladins and hunters both have a quest to, yeah. to go to for their artifact. Shields Rest was set up to house Vrykul from all over that had like achieved a certain level of honorable death, the ones that deserved to go to, to, to the, the Halls of Valor. Um, one of the guys that gets buried there was the guy who had Truthguard. And uh, he basically ended up there after he went to the, the Eastern Kingdoms. He went to the Eastern Kingdoms. He was with uh, Tyr, Ironia, and Archidaeus. And when Tyr died, he was like, all right, I, I didn't save Tyr. I failed. I failed Tyr there. I'm going to go find the rest of my people. Like, because um, the ones here are all turning into these little things. And that's great and all. You guys go being little. But I'm going to go find the rest of my people. And so that's how he ended up at Shields Rest. Like, after a long journey, he went, he found the, the, the uh, Broken Isles. So parts of the Broken Isles were clearly up this whole time. Like, the Stormheim has been, has, was not submerged. Neither was High Mountain, neither was, was Valor. None of those places, except basically with the Broken Shore, were underwater. The Broken Shore was, but nothing else was. And it's pretty clear that at least some people were traveling back and forth. But it wasn't common. There was, there was no reason to go there. Like, when you do in Suramar, the, uh, oh, I can't remember the name. The night elf mages that are there. What, the ones in, that are like in, in Suramar? Suramar city. And you go to Suramar, there's the moon guard, the moon guard. Yeah. The moon guard didn't like the moon guard got, got disbanded in Kalimdor, but the moon guard didn't get disbanded in the broken isles. And while the, the highborn were inside their little dome in Suramar, the moon guard remained in the moon guard stronghold and they didn't go anywhere. And they stayed night elves. And there's at least some clues that the the night elves were sending wardens back and forth. The vault of the wardens is right there in Azuna. They were sending people back and forth. There wasn't. There was. So the some night elves were, were at least aware of it. Yeah, they were going because Valshara wasn't lost. They didn't. No. They knew where Valshara was. It just it was like it's a sacred place, and we don't go there very much because there's no reason to. You know, it's this isn't this is a case of where most of the broken isles it, they weren't abandoned. So much as they were just quiet and left alone and because it was a horrible you just, place. You didn't go there. That's yeah, all. Because it's like, you know, it's basically a combination of it being the sticks and it being the site of where Suramar used to be. Because it's all pr- pretty close to Suramar. Black Rook Hold, all of it's basically around Suramar. And Suramar, as far as they knew, Suramar was under a big dome. As far as they knew, Suramar was gone. They had no idea what was going on in there. It was, you know, much until much later. I guess the, the Moon Guard had some contact with them. Because the moon guard would like pick up the stragglers when they get exiled and try to help them. Yeah. And then finally, when when the dome came down, uh, oh, I can't remember the name. Elisand? Yeah, Elisand is the one that attacked the moon guard. The moon guard were like, "Hey, that that they're still around in Suramar? Wow. Okay. Well, hi." And then they got attacked. Like she marched her people right in. So she knew they were there, and they kind of knew Suramar was there, but not really. They would. Just they didn't run exactly steps. cross paths. They didn't go out of the way to cross paths or anything. Of course, Suramar had the big shield up, so it wasn't like anybody could. At that point, but yeah, it, it there wasn't there wasn't really like a trading connection. There wasn't there wasn't a oh hey let's send a ship up to Valshara or whatever and pick beans or whatever they grow in Valshara and bring them back. <laughs> there was none of that dream, going on. Dream leaf. There, there was none well, of that I... going on. There there was people were familiar with different areas, but not like super familiar. And Rexar is 
as a character, he's kind of nomadic. He's always been kind of nomadic. He's wandered the world. So it almost makes sense that he would discover the Broken Isles. I mean, when you when you first run into him, he's not with the Unseen Path. You have to talk him into joining it. He's just up there. He's up there hunting and living it up because that's what Rexar does. Um, why he chose to go to the Broken Shore or the Broken Isles? Good question. I don't know. Maybe the hunting was good. Or no possibly, idea. I mean, the good first time hunting. Ever, the first time we ever hear about Rexar, he wants to be left alone. Yeah, like he he goes off into the wildest place he can find to be left alone. It's yeah, quite he did possible. A good job did, of it. Yeah. Well, it's quite possible he did it again. He's like, okay, this this horde thing isn't working out. I'll just go be by myself. Yeah. I don't need these guys. That's a good question. Okay, uh, question number two from Zaitam says, In Chronicle Volume 2, there's a description of the final fight between Medivh and Ajwin. Chapter 4? Yes, I'm reading Roman numerals correctly. Chapter 4, First War, Clash of the Guardians. Quote, unquote. Instead, banished Ajwin from Karazhan and hurled her elsewhere. Medivh didn't know where he'd sent her, but he could not sense her presence anywhere on Azeroth. Do you think that there's any possibility that it will be revealed that she had some connection with the Army of the Light? It seems to be much of a, too much of a coincidence that we find this out, that she may still be alive at the same time that we learn of Valeria and Turalyon in the Army of the Light. Thanks, Watchers. Um, it could be, I guess, but I think more what it's referring to, if you've ever read... Um, oh, what was that book? Cycle of Hatred. In Cycle of Hatred, it's revealed that Ajwin, after that fight with Medivh, she, was, she retreated to... Kalimdor, and she used the last energy that she had to essentially make herself vanish, so nobody knew that she was there. Because at that point, she just wanted to be alone. Um, I don't know if they're referring to that, or if they're possibly placing her somewhere else. That is a canon novel, uh, from what I'm aware, because it's one of the actual novel novels that are out there. Um, I don't know. Rossi, do you have any thoughts on that? Rossi? Rossi? Yeah, sorry. Uh, I don't know why that just happened. My apologies. Um, Aegwyn, I don't know. Here's the thing is we've retreated back from at least one major part of the comics, so I don't know how much they're going to keep canon. But in the comics, we find out that Aegwyn and Jaina were actually hanging out because after Council of Hatred, you know, Cycle of Hatred, Jaina and Aegwyn meet and Jaina kind of fangirls for a while. And Aegwyn's like, focus, we have a problem. You can squirt, you can squeeze later. And basically they defeat the demon and they sort of form a relationship where Aegwyn works in Theramore. She actually goes to Theramore and becomes, I don't know what you'd call her, like a Castellan kind of? She's sort of like Jaina's like, left-hand woman. She does things around the castle. Yeah. Uh, and in the comics, you eventually, she she's involved because, you know, she, for reasons. But in the end, she ends up dead, which I think is kind of a waste. Okay, and I she's hope- involved. Look, it's the comics. We're going to spoil this anyway because chances are none of it is actually canon anymore. That's the reason, that's the problem I'm having, is like, I don't okay. know how much to talk about so, because I don't know. Right, canon. here's the problem here, right? You have the second half of the World of Warcraft comic series, and you have Madan, a character who was created and who was supposedly the child of Garona and Medivh. Except that in Chronicle, it mentions nothing about Medivh and Garona getting together. So it's chances are that Madan is no longer canon. He's not canon at all. So... Oh no! If he's not canon, then that means that Agewin was not Madan's grandmother, and it also means that there wasn't that connection there, and it also means that Agewin wouldn't have been in the place that she was when she was supposedly quote unquote killed. So 
Yeah, but they they made it complicated by bringing characters like Meryl Firestorm from the comic into the yeah. game. Yeah. So I'm um, for right now in the comics she died, but it would be trivial to have her basically not be dead because it's Aegwyn. She has gotten away with being dead like three she times. She was now. the greatest guardian of all of the guardians as far as that goes. She lived for thousands and thousands and thousands of years beyond what she was supposed to just because of the you know, magical prowess that she had. So it wouldn't be unheard of for her to live on elsewhere. Um, the problem that I have right now, though, is like I said, with this whole, with everything that's being introduced in Chronicle, it's there's kind of the impression that events in the comics, some of them aren't as canon as we thought, but some of them have to be because the stuff about Varian obviously was brought up in the game before and it was brought up in novels before. The fact that he Maraud. was... Yeah, and Maraud was there. So there's a lot... There's a big tangle there and I don't think that we're going to see that untangled until we see Chronicle 3 come out or unless, you know, the creative development team pipes up and says, hey, yeah, okay, so these issues right here, these comic issues, consider them stricken from the record. They never happened. Um, which would open up a lot of stuff and give us even more questions that we kind of need answers to. But what can we you do? do? See that, we see that reflection or echo of, of Aegwin when mm-hmm. we uh, go to the, the, the tomb, the top of it, the Cathedral of Endless Night. And ordinarily, the end of I would, it, yeah. I would ordinarily consider that proof she's dead, except that we saw an echo of Medivh in Karazhan. Yeah. No, and and that... he proved to be most certainly alive. Do you mean the, uh, the original Karazhan? Yeah. Yeah. There were echoes okay, of Medivh. Yeah. So well, it's, yeah, because yeah, the real Medivh is in the new Karazhan. Basically, Guardians are kind of weird, and we're not sure what's going on with them. Yeah, it's possible they're both alive. Aegwin might be alive right now. It's entirely so. possible. It's entirely possible. So that doesn't really answer your questions, Itam, but it's a good question. We can't. we can't. We can't really answer it. We can give us like a close approximation. As far as I know, I feel like that that reference in just just based on the time period, the reference that's being made in Chronicle Two is it's referring to what happened in Cycle of Hatred, where she got she she kind of hid herself away. We don't have any clarification on that though, and we won't until Chronicle Volume Three comes out if we see a Chronicle Volume Three. So. So if you guys had to guess, you know, where Medivh sent her when he, you know, banished her, hurled her elsewhere, do you have a guess for where she went? Um, where she ended up, Kalimdor. Kalimdor. You, you mean if she but didn't he... end up in Kalimdor, if she actually was off of Azeroth, where did she go? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Maybe Zira is her. Maybe she went through time and space <laughs> and turned into Anaru. And now she's really annoying. I don't know. I really don't. I don't have any suggestions for that one. Although, you know, the idea of her somehow encountering the people who were doing the whole Army of the Light thing, that's not entirely out of place, except that her specialty is arcane magic, not really the light, but... Yeah, but we've seen that people who have arcane magic can uh, hook up with Naru. Yeah, I was going to say, Cadgar's been buddy-buddy. I mean, he was (laughs) buddy-buddy with uh, Adal all throughout Burning Crusade, so... It, it's not unheard of. It's just, it's kind of, there, there are a lot more questions there than you think. And I mean, okay. you asked a very logical question, but that logical question doesn't exactly have a logical answer just yet. Sorry. 
video game logic. It's not like regular logic. <laughs> this is where we do slash shrug. Anyway, uh, that wraps us up for emails, and that also wraps us up for the show. Blizzard Watch is made possible due to the generous contributions at patreon.com slash blizzardwatch, and your continued support means that this podcast site and community is able to thrive and grow. Blizzard Watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast, a better chance at having your question answered on our podcast or the queue, and an ads-free site experience. Thank you very much, Ann. Uh, this has again been the Blizzard Watch podcast. If you have an email for us, please send it to podcast at blizzardwatch.com with the subject line Blizzard Watch or podcast so you know it's for this show. Thank you guys very much for listening. This has been the show, and we will be here next week. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.